Welcome to episode 346 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, biohacker, author of What, When, Why, and creator of the supplement line Avalon X. And I'm here with my co-host, Vanessa Spina, sports nutrition specialist, author of Keto Essentials, and creator of the Tone Breath Ketone Analyzer and Tone Lux Red Light Therapy Panels. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and ketogenicgirl.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this show do not constitute medical advice or treatment. To be featured on the show, email us your questions to questions at ifpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. So pour yourself a mug of black coffee, a cup of tea, or even a glass of wine if it's that time and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumer consumers from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 346 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Vanessa Spina. Hello, everyone. How are you today, Vanessa? I'm doing wonderfully. How are you? I am good. We are recording this so far in advance. I'm looking at the week that this comes out, which is the first week of December. And I think I don't want to jinx it. Well, oh man, there might be multiple products coming out and multiple things coming out for me this month, but I think this is the week that I might be releasing my third podcast. Maybe. That's the plan. So I'm going to go ahead and say what it is 
So Scott Emmons, the fabulous Scott Emmons at MD Logic, he's been on this show multiple times. He and I are just like friends for life. And it's kind of a problem because we have a lot of business calls because we're constantly creating supplements together. And we actually have another side project we might be doing, which is very exciting. But we tend to just go on these really random tangents and talk for an hour about not work-related things. And so we realized one day that we should maybe have a podcast about all of this. Actually started when we were, we had a crazy theory about the Mandela effect that we realized. So we're going to be launching the Mind Blown podcast hopefully this week. It's been so fun recording it thus far. Basically each episode, it's so fun. So each episode we we start off by, we bring to the table a mind blown fact to share. So we share one and then we like rate each other's mind blown facts and we talk about it. And then we have like the topic, like I said, the first two episodes, it was going to be one episode, but of course with Scott and I, it ended up going longer. So it's a two-parter about the Mandela effect and our crazy theory surrounding it. And then yeah, there's some really good episodes after that. Each episode will be an a la carte, like mind blown topic. That's so exciting. Congrats. Thank you. It's really fun to be podcasting, not about something health related. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some of it will be health related, but um, it's a different genre. That's so fun. So yeah. Do you think you'll start your other podcast sometime? I think about it right now. I like it just as a thought, you know? Yeah. It's like a happy thought. I'm like, I love to do a podcast on that. I feel like I have so much to share. But then I'm like, today I was like, I could do a podcast about how to create products. Cause like, I seriously, like, there's just so many different topics, you know, that would be fun to get into. But yeah, I think doing one on consciousness and like mindset and consciously deliberately cultivating a beautiful life. That's that's the one that I think would be just like a pure pleasure to do. So yeah, it's a happy thought right now. But whenever I mention it, like definitely pe- listeners of my current podcast are like, oh, I would love to hear about that. So I can feel the joy like of launching it. And I'm so happy for you and Scott, because I feel like it's just going to just bring more joy to your life. Thank you. Yeah, it is so fun. It's really wonderful that I just so thoroughly enjoy all the podcasting stuff, you know, like it's just so fun and they all fulfill different needs in a way. Like with the Melanie Avalon, I'm learning and I'm getting to, you know, like learn about these topics and talk to amazing guests and meet new people. And then this one is like my, like my besties, like friendship, like nourishing for the soul and then talk about fasting. And I feel like the audience here, like actually they've been here for so long. So it's kind of like family and friends adventure. And then with Scott thing, it's just kind of like a new, like really fun, fun thing. So that's wonderful. I'm so happy for you both. Thank you. I also might be releasing hopefully this month, our next supplement. Hopefully we're getting the final, the final formulation figured out right now. Is this the spirulina one? Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because yes, we're releasing spirulina. We're working on the final formulation right now, trying to get yeah, the best formulation, but I'm, there are so many health benefits to spirulina and I'm obsessed with it. It's basically like just one of the most nutrient rich things you can get in a tiny little package. And it's great for detox and trace minerals and just so many things. It's like a superfood. I don't like that word, but I'm excited about it. But that's just a teaser because we're figuring it all all out right now, even though by the time this airs, we'll probably be, I probably will have been talking about it a lot at that point. So yes. So listeners, if they would like to get updates about that, which I am so, so excited about, they can go to avalonx.us slash email list. I'm just so excited. I can't wait till it manifests. And I really want the packaging. I'm, I love design. Like Vanessa, we've talked about this before. Like we love like packaging design and such. I just finished doing that today for the new tone device. So like I've been buzzing all day about it. Isn't it fun? It's the best. But today we were doing, cause the cover the boxes are already fully designed with like the new second generation but today I got the samples so I got to like touch them and feel them and see them and you know like the main difference is that it says generation two but we're also just adding all the logos because we just finished 
we finished doing all the lab testing, the third-party lab testing. And I'm now an expert on third-party lab testing for electronics because after the past few years of doing it, it's always a little bit nerve-wracking because you're like, you know, if what if the lab, like what if the test fails or it comes back with like there's, you know, some kind of issue and we just got everything back, like everything is fully, fully certified and approved. But there's a lot of different regulations because I sell in multiple markets. So the US has FCC for electronics and there's a whole bunch of them. But like in Europe, you have EN standards and ROHS. And then there's also UL testing for safety. And there's also... There's another one. Oh, and then there's like California Proposition 65 that nothing, nothing in your products, devices can have any of the certain materials or you have to disclose it. And it's not just the product, it's also the packaging. <laughs> so it's like, it's a lot of stuff, but everything is fully approved and we thought it would be because the first generation all was. So there wasn't any like concern with it, but always just like feels good to get everything, get all the certificates and then officially put all of those logos on the box and put all the like details and everything. We were just finishing that, but I love it. <laughs> I love that part. I love that part of design. Like I just love the creation process and getting the packages and I'm now selling an accessory, which is the charging cable, because almost every week someone emails me and says that they lost their charging cable. So I decided like a year ago to just start making them and selling them as an accessory. And then we made this cute box with it, but I just got the actual like finished box today. So it was really fun to like get that and like get it photographed. And yeah, I, I just love it so much. I love all the design, the testing I just love all the aspects of of creating products. It's like, I don't know, since I was a little kid. I was just about to say, same here. Like, I'm like thinking about, I was thinking we're so similar. And I was thinking like, ever since I'm like a little kid, I was like creating stuff. Yes, same. That's what my mom used to always say. Like, I was just so creative. I was always creating or inventing things and then selling them, like trying to sell them either like on the street <laughs> Sounds weird. <laughs> On our sidewalk. <laughs> what were some of the things you tried to sell? So I would make jewelry. Like at first I started out with just like friendship bracelets. And when my parents would go play tennis at their tennis court, I would go and sell them to people for like a dollar. And everyone would buy one, I guess, because I was like a kid and, you know, you want to support like kids. And then, then I upgraded because my mom would go on business trips to the Philippines and she'd bring back all these like beads. Like she'd bring up these big bags of beads that she would get like at the markets there. So I would make all this jewelry, earrings and necklaces. And I would sell them around like whenever there was like, you know, block parties or garage sales or things like that. But I had individual little like plastic bags for each one. And then I printed a logo like on the computer, like in paint. <laughs> Onto stickers. Paint. Windows 95. Doesn't that make you happy to think about paint? Oh, man. I'm getting hit with like memories. Oh, the memories are flooding in. They're flooding. Do you remember kids' picks? Did you ever use that? No. What's that one? That was like software with, but it's similar to paint, but upgraded. I love, I, yeah, that stuff makes me so happy to think about. I loved paint. Such simple times. <laughs> I know. All the colors. Do you remember like the color wheel? It was like, oh, you could pick the colors. It was so good. Like I want to do paint right now. <laughs> I got to Google like like some old time machine version of, of paint. It was so much fun. You would have loved kids picks. It sounds similar. It was like paint, but it was like for kids and it had more stuff. Every time you say it, I'm like, I feel like I played that at like someone, one of my friend's houses or something. You probably did. Do you remember going to computer class? I wonder, do they still do that? I Yeah, I loved computer class. I think it was like one of my favorites. I always thought it was so like they were talking down to us. I was like, I know how to do this. Like, I don't, like, this is not complicated. <laughs> like, why are we here? Computer class is probably just class now. Whereas like, it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> 
But even you sing computer class makes me happy. I'm like, oh, I love computer class. I know. Did you do the typing games to learn how to type? Yes. Typing tutor. There was typing tutor. I think we had one called typing tutor. I did um, jumpstart. It was so much fun. It was stressful though. Those, okay, that was like the one computer game because it was like, you have to like type the things fast. It was like really stressful, especially when it was in like class and you were trying to, you had to like type words fast enough. I don't know. I didn't like the pressure of that. I'd rather just like learn it on my own. Oh, do you know why? Oh, this was something. Oh, wait, there's like a fun fact and I don't know the answer. Did you know with the keyboard, like the way it is set up is not the most efficient way? Like it doesn't really make sense the way it's set up right now. And so they've tried to change it because I was reading something about how hard it is to change things in society and they've tried to change it to make it more efficient, but you just can't. Because people are so used to the way it is now that they won't use like a new manifestation, even if it's better. Yeah, that makes sense. I've also heard that about our mathematical system, like the Egyptian system or something was way better and made a lot more sense. And the way that we learn it now is like weird and kind of clumsy. It's kind of upsetting. Like if you're just in too deep, you just can't like think, you know, paradigm shifts are really hard, are really hard. Like the most mind, mind blowing thing. Oh, good. Let me add this to my, oh God, I'll add this to my list. Oh, you definitely should. Gerald Pollack. I'm not sure if you've interviewed him or heard about him. Yes. Reading about him. The fourth phase of water. His book was the biggest mind blowing thing that I've read about the fact that we have this gel-like water that forms inside our cells and it forms these like sheets of honeycomb. They're like honeycomb, like hexagonal, or is that, yeah, hexagonal, these honeycomb layers around structures. And so it's called like structured water. It's kind of like a, kind of like a snowflake, but it's really amazing because we can actually charge it. And infrared heat charges that water. And so he discovered this and he was basing it on the work of like some of his colleagues and predecessors. And it's really, really fascinating. So they have this like fourth phase water that they actually put two electrodes into charged water and it was able to light a light bulb. So our bodies are actually batteries and (laughs) we have like this water inside of us that is like a gel and we basically can charge it up by going into the sun. Like the sun is 50% infrared and infrared energy is all around us. Like if you had infrared goggles on, you could see energy coming from like everything around you, but the sun gives us a lot of charge and it charges up that water. So that water it's, he also calls it exclusion zone water and it expands. And when you, this, this is the part that, okay, that already blew my mind because it's like, okay, we need to redo all of science and redo all of biology with this understanding. When you do cold exposure, like cold plunging, you basically are doing it. A lot of like ancient cultures or like Northern European cultures, they do it in the winter because there's no sun. And by getting cold, it then forces our bodies to generate infrared heat from our core. And that charges up our cells and gives us the same kind of energy that we would get from the sun in the summer, (laughs) which is like amazing. But also red light therapy, the infrared on that also charges up and so does infrared sauna. Uh, But it's, it's so amazing. I got to interview him on my podcast. You did? Yeah. And I was just Oh, I want to interview him. That's amazing. When did you interview him? Uh, it was like maybe six or eight months ago. Oh, recently. Yeah. And he, he's one of, you will love him. He's one of the kindest, most down to earth people I've ever interviewed. And it's amazing because like, you know, you and I talk about this all the time, but you have these, these, I don't, I don't know if you can even call him a scientist. Legend. Like, yeah, legend who've done so much, made these incredible discoveries and you'll talk to them and they're just like the most down to earth people in the world, even though 
you wouldn't expect that. And then you talk to other people who haven't really accomplished that much and they're like not down to, you know what I mean? Like they have like overinflated egos and stuff. So it's so nice when you meet someone like that. And yeah, he's just so incredible. You have to interview him and, and, and read his books. Cause what's really fascinating too, is like apparently Russian scientists had discovered it a long time ago. And then when it was sort of like challenged by the international scientific community. Didn't get backlash. Yeah, there was a lot of backlash. And so at the time, Russia was like embarrassed. So they made the scientists who discovered it publicly say that he was wrong. But Gerald Pollack worked with his mentee or someone who was like an assistant or mentee of his. And he said that he said that he knew that he was right. And he knew that he was right until he like the time that he died, but he had to publicly say that he was wrong just to not like bring shame <laughs> on the country. And so thankfully he like Dr. Pollock has, you know, taken on the work, but it's it's really fascinating, absolutely fascinating because like our bodies do get energized by the light. Like we are learning that we do get energy in other ways. And it all kind of goes back to the mitochondria because this exclusion zone water forms inside the mitochondria. And that's one of the reasons the mitochondria cristae have all those folds because the more folds there are, the more exclusion zone water can form around those structures. So it's, yeah, most mind blowing thing I learned in 2023. (laughs) I love that. Paradigm shift, right? Like it's like, we need to redo all understanding of biology and physiology and medicine, everything based on this. But are we going to like, the quantum sort of like the whole quantum physics, quantum biology, like sphere that we now have technology to learn about, but it's, it's teaching us things that we have to like rebuild everything. And that's so hard to do. It's kind of like the book I just finished and I'm interviewing him on Monday. It's called what's gotten into you, the story of your body's atoms from the big bang through last night's dinner. And it's basically the history of molecular physics and quantum physics and atoms and everything, like I just said, from the Big Bang to you. And my takeaway from that book, which I've been listening to while putting sequins on my Taylor Swift outfit, <laughs> it's a nice like contrast, is that we have like no idea about anything. And it's crazy, the history of people finding ideas and having theories and being discredited or like looked down upon, but then they turn out to be right but then we still don't even know. I mean, it's like, and there's so much cognitive bias. That's kind of like a theme of his throughout the book is that it's really hard to see beyond biases based on pre-existing evidence or what we want to see. And I don't know. I walked away from the book feeling both like very excited and empowered and also like feeling like we don't know anything. Yeah, I know the feeling. (laughs) It's like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. And it's... Yeah, it's an interesting, it's like mixed emotions for sure. But I think it's also a sign that you are actually learning more, like the more humbled you become of how little we know, you know. (laughs) But I also love to put, like, listen to audiobooks while I'm doing stuff around the house. I, I love that. Oh, it's so fun. It's so satisfying. Because like, because like doing stuff around the house or like putting sequins on Taylor Swift outfits or cleaning is like satisfying in and of itself. But then listening to like learning knowledge is so satisfying. I can get like, I don't want to just like sit there and like listen. Not that it's wasted time, not that we need to be multitasking, super productive 24-7, but, and I do feel really nice when I combine them. So you get like all the dopamine from like the learning and the cleaning so fun. One thing I learned from Alison Armstrong is women get a lot of oxytocin release from repetitive hand motions. So if you're doing like some kind of like fine work, like detailed work, like needlepoint or putting sequins or knitting, like you actually get a lot of oxytocin from that. So that's probably extra. Wow. So when I'm sequin, adding those sequins. Yeah. Wow. Did you, oh, okay. I should stop this train, but I'm just thinking about little things 
when I was little. Did you do the thing with like the bright, like the rainbow, like it was like stretchy rubber band things and you put them on like this, I don't know, what's it called? Like a loom. A loom. <laughs> okay. A hundred percent. And you like braided it like, they like braided together. It made me so happy. I was never quite sure what the purpose was of the finished product, but like, you know, like it you like made this thing, but like, what do you do with it? It was like a, it was just a thing. Kind of like I would... <laughs> Kind of like one of the things I would make is when I discovered making like glue chips. Did you make these? You like put glue in a cup and then you take like paint and swirl it in and you can make like rainbow glue chips. But like, what do you do with these glue chips? It's just the activity, the intrinsic value of the activity itself. And then like the artifact created from it. Oh, how about the spinny paper thing where you drop the paint in and it makes... That like makes, gives me goosebumps. It makes me so happy to think about. Oh, so happy. Like with the color, like that drops. But then when it stops, it never quite looked as brilliant as you thought it was going to. I didn't think it ever looked as brilliant as I thought it was going to look while in the spinning phase. Yeah. There was one with like detergent and like water and color drop. Oh, it like jumped away from each other. Yeah. All that stuff. It's, I, I, we had this one book and it was like. It was like activities for kids that are like science-y, like, and I was always like, can we do one of these? <laughs> so it makes me happy to think about them. I got to redo all of them with Luca. Oh, oh yes. Oh. Did you have the craft series of books, craft kids or something? Probably. It sounds really familiar. That was my favorite. They had a lot of great science books as well. <sighs> Shall we jump into some fasting-related topics? I would love to. So to start things off, Vanessa and I are so excited to talk about this. Hi, friends. We are so honored to be sponsored in part today by Nutrisense. You guys hear us talk about continuous glucose monitors, aka CGMs, all the time on this show. And in particular, we love Nutrisense, and here is why. Nutrisense not only provides a 24-7 moving picture of your glucose values, they also offer a unique opportunity for self-discovery. So imagine this. You have a meal, and then you notice a spike in your glucose levels. So you think, hmm, that didn't go well. But here's the magic. Tomorrow, you can make a simple change. You can swap whatever you were eating for something else. Now you have real-time data to evaluate the impact. Maybe instead of that fruit, you have some vegetables. Maybe instead of that oatmeal, you have some yogurt. Maybe instead of that steak, you have some fruit. The continuous feedback loop that you can get with a Nutrisense CGM empowers you to make quick, informed iterations with your meals. Maybe the change results in a completely normal glucose level, or maybe it's still a little bit high, but significantly better. Armed with this knowledge, you can refine your choices further, rapidly steering your glucose values back to the normal range. Without a continuous glucose monitor, honestly, you're just guessing and assuming that what you're doing is working. And when you go test your blood sugar levels at the doctor, that's just a snapshot of that one moment in time. It's not telling you what actually was happening throughout the day all the time. What makes Nutrisense truly transformative is its ability to create lasting habits and intrinsic motivation. So instead of relying on generic advice from professionals or online sources or us, you have personalized real-time data from your own body. When you see the direct impact of your choices, it will resonate on a whole new level. This newfound awareness becomes the driving force, making it easier than ever to stay motivated and committed to your health journey. I promise you friends, it's like opening your eyes to the secret to lasting change because it gives you this empowering knowledge that you just didn't have before. So if you're looking to take charge of your health, gain real insights into your body and make sustainable, positive changes, Nutrisense is your ultimate partner. Join them and us on this journey of discovery and unlock your full health potential. Get started today at Nutrisense.com slash podcast and receive a $30 discount off of your first month, which includes two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support. That's nutrisense.com slash IF podcast for a $30 discount off your first month with two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support, which by the way, I get a lot of feedback on just how helpful that nutritionist support is. It's so easy. You can talk to them in real time in the app and they can really help you make sense of all the data that you receive from your continuous glucose monitor. Nutrisense.com slash IF podcast. And I am just so grateful to Nutrisense for helping support today's show. We have had multiple questions come in about Ozempic and semiglutide. So 
here are two of them. And then we're just going to talk about the topic in general. These are both from Facebook. Sunny asked, what do you think about Ozempic and the ilk for weight loss? Effective and presumably safe or scary with three question marks. She says, and what are the safe alternatives that will give results if your insurance won't cover it? And then Candice, also from Facebook, asked, she said, hi, I love the podcast. This is potentially a strange question, but I'm wondering how semaglutide works. I am not interested in taking it. I asked because one of my parents started taking it. I looked into how it worked, and based on what I know about insulin, it makes no sense to me. My parents had been doing IF and saw great results. Then he got really sick, had to stop IF to recover, and he gained a lot of weight. One of his doctors put him on semiglutide. He lost no weight in two months on it. Now he's been back doing IF for two months and is gaining weight. Did he become insulin resistant? I'm truly baffled. Okay. I have so many thoughts about this. Vanessa, would you like to tell us a little bit about semiglutide? I would love to. I did a whole episode on semiglutide this summer on my podcast. I was doing a bunch of research for it, but it's really fascinating to learn about the actual mechanism of action. So semiglutide itself is a peptide and it actually is sold under two main brand names. So the one that you mentioned is Ozempic. And that was actually first approved in 2017 as a treatment for type 2 diabetes. But in 2021, the FDA approved the same drug under a different brand name, which is Wegovy. Everyone talk, talks about Ozempic. So Wegovy is the brand that basically is for weight loss, but they're both the same thing. They're both semi-glutide and they're both made by a pharmaceutical company called Novo Nord Nordisk. So what's really interesting about them in terms of how they work, which I think is the big question that's on everyone's mind. And so, you know, when it comes to weight loss and weight gain, it's really about energy balance. And so you have to create either a deficit or unbalance that, you know, energy, energetic balance by either consuming less calories, less energy intake or generating more energy expenditure. And the way that semiglutide works is actually reducing caloric intake because it suppresses appetite, like to the point where people have not much interest in food at all. And so it suppresses appetite, but it also has a number of other mechanisms of action that are really fascinating. So most people are losing weight because they're just not hungry. And so they're consuming fewer calories. And so that is creating a loss of body weight slash body fat, because I'm going to get into that as well, because it's not necessarily all body fat, which is the concerning, one of the concerning parts about it, because I find it, I find it to be more so scary than, than anything else. And so there is a peptide in the body called GLP-1. It's glucagon-like peptide. And it's basically a glucagon-like peptide receptor agonist. So drugs either come in the category of agonist or antagonist. So an agonist binds to the receptor on a cell in the same way that the actual molecule would in the body. So semiglutide mimics the action of glucagon-like peptide 1 or GLP-1. And so it binds to the receptors in the same way that the body actually perceives it to be GLP-1, even though it's not GLP-1. So <laughs> that's why it is an agonist, whereas an antagonist will also bind to the receptor, but actually blocks the action that or the mechanism. So the reason that you can't actually just use GLP-1 is GLP-1 has a really short half-life. It's like two minutes, whereas semi-glutide extends that half-life to about seven days. So that's why people get an injection once a week if they are taking it regularly. Their chemical formula is very, very similar. GLP-1 is a polypeptide that has either 36 or 37 amino acids with a chemical formula that's very similar to semiglutide, which is a polypeptide with 31 amino acids. But the basic basics of it is that semiglutide is similar enough to GLP-1 that the body recognizes it as GLP-1. So the way that it works is GLP-1 is actually 
a hormone that is released from the gastrointestinal tract or the gut when you eat. And one of the roles, just one of the roles of GLP-1 is to prompt the body to release more insulin and produce more insulin. So that actually reduces blood glucose by increasing glucose uptake in the muscle. So that secretes insulin or produces more insulin and that then pushes some of our glucose into the muscles, gets it out of the bloodstream. And it also decreases glucose production in the liver. So it inhibits glucagon, which is the antagonist hormone to insulin because glucagon causes glycogen breakdown in the liver, which actually raises our blood glucose levels. So some of the effects that take place because of the GLP-1 secreted by the gut really reduce like blood sugar spikes after eating by stimulating this insulin secretion and inhibiting the glucagon. But that's not the only thing it does. GLP-1 also slows gastric emptying. So that's the time it takes for food to empty out of the stomach. And so it takes longer for the food that you eat that ends up in your stomach to then go to the small intestine where most of the food is then absorbed into the body. So if you delay gastric emptying, you also slow down and stabilize blood glucose responses to your meal, which is another way that GLP-1 limits blood glucose spikes during that post-meal meal time. And because blood sugar is going to be so stable, you're not going to have that blood glucose spike and then the fall, which is what makes people typically feel really hungry, is when their glucose spikes and then crashes afterwards. Another thing that GLP-1 does is it actually acts on the brain. And there's some really aggressive research that is taking place right now. University of Florida researchers are currently researching that GLP-1 that is secreted by the gut is different from GLP-1 secreted by the brain. And so they're suppressing eating via two independent circuits, which is one of the reasons it is so powerful as an appetite suppressant. So the main reason that like people need to take semiglutide is again, because of that short half-life of GLP-1. It, it only lasts like for two minutes as opposed to seven days. In terms of side effects, this is one of the many scary aspects of this to me, but the list of side effects is so massive. Nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, constipation, abdominal pain. It goes on and on and on. But one of the ones that's been getting a lot of headlines is this paralysis of gastric emptying. So people are having like their stomachs are becoming paralyzed from using semiglutide, which doesn't surprise me because you're using something that is like if you think of a half-life being two minutes compared to seven days, like it's so much more powerful than our endogenously produced GLP-1. So it does cause a lot of weight loss. There were five big studies that were done on semiglutide called the STEP trials. And unfortunately, one of the big things that is really alarming and scary about these peptides is that people are losing a lot of weight, but it's not all fat. So this is my Peter Atia quote. He he said, I'm not sure when exactly he said this, but he said that almost every patient that we put on this drug, semiglutide, has lost muscle mass at a rate that alarms me. So not all of the studies, the step trials measured body composition, but there was one of them in particular that did. And in that one, the proportion of their weight loss was 39% from lean body mass. So almost 40%. Whereas like standard weight loss, if you're doing it well, you're losing at the most 25% lean body mass. Like you don't do not want to be losing 39 or 40% of your lean body mass and only 60% coming from from body fat. So in the in the step 1 study, the subjects who were on the semiglutide, they lost 43% body fat and lost 57% of their lean body mass, which is absolutely massive. And then there was one other study where body composition was measured, and it was called the SUSTAIN-8 trial. 
it had 178 people and the average proportion of lean body mass reduction was 40%. So people are losing huge amounts of weight, but a lot of it is coming from their lean body mass. And that big part of that is muscle, which you don't want to lose, especially after the age of 40. But, you know, there's only certain situations where people are like morbidly obese, where these kinds of rates of lean body mass loss are less of a risk because someone has that much body fat, it's more likely to come from body fat. But people who are taking this who are not morbidly obese are going to be losing a lot of lean body mass. So there's a lot of studies that have come out where they compared semi-glutide to a placebo group. And like I said, the amount of weight loss with semi-glutide was pretty high. There was one study that was two years long. It was really interesting because they did like 104 weeks and most of the weight loss happened in the first year and the second year they just like maintained. So I'm not sure what's happening, but a lot of people have concerns about what happens when they go off it. And I, I think that's something that we have yet to see because these in this study that was two years, the participants lost an average of 35 pounds in the first year, but the second year they just maintained and sometimes went up a little bit and they're still on it. So what happens when they go off it? Like the chances that they're going to be able to maintain the weight loss, I think are pretty slim. And so you may end up in a situation where you lose a bunch of weight, 40% of it is lean body mass. And then when you go back to your normal appetite levels, when you're no longer injecting yourself once a week, you're just going to gain fat back. And that's how people end up with really poor body composition where their body fat levels are super high. Body fat percentage is, is really, really high. So there's been a lot of headlines lately about like the side effects. There was one, I think, on CNN saying hundreds of thousands of people are having this paralysis of their digestion, which is just like unimaginable to me. Like your stomach is just like not emptying at all. I'm not sure how severe that is, how easy it is to fix. But also in the the studies, people had a lot of adverse events and most of them were gastrointestinal and really, you know, not pleasant. So that's really how it works in terms of the specific questions in finding something that's a safe alternative. The thing that stands out the most to me about these drugs or these peptides is like, well, that's what a lot of the stuff that we do in terms of lifestyle and nutrition that's what they do for me. Like they, like prioritizing protein suppresses my appetite. And it's because of the satiety hormones released from the gut and released from the brain. So, you know, doing a lot of these kinds of strategies, intermittent fasting, for me, carbohydrate restriction, prioritizing protein, all of this stuff really works for me to get these same benefits. <laughs> At the same time, teaching me healthy habits that I can maintain easily without a risk of side effects, without a risk of losing tons of lean body mass. So for me, I don't know of any like pharmaceutical safe alternatives, but I think that that's like what we try to talk about a lot on this podcast is the safe alternatives that are more lifestyle nutrition oriented that I think over the long term are going to be much more beneficial. And as far as Candice, when you were asking about your family member who did not lose any weight in two months on semi-glutide and then going back to intermittent fasting and gaining weight, potentially becoming insulin resistant in terms of like the mechanisms, you know, semi-glutide is pushing out more insulin and causing the body to produce more insulin. So it's possible that some like the basal insulin levels could have been raised through going on it. I'm surprised that he didn't lose any weight, but a lot of people, like some people lose a ton of weight and some people don't. So you're, it's kind of seems to be very, you know, dependent on the person. It could have given him potentially some kind of, you know, higher basal insulin resistance or sorry, higher basal insulin, which you know, you can be measured by fasting insulin. So you could have his fasting insulin tested to see what what that's at because that might help shed some light on it. Wow. 
Awesome. Okay. Thank you for all of that information. I love talking about all of this. I'll put a link in the show notes. And it's so interesting because I didn't realize the name. You said the company was Nordisk, right? Novo Nordisk. Nordisk. Because I'll put a link into the show notes. There's a January 2023 review published in Diabetes, Obesity, and Metabolism called Semiglutide for the Treatment of Overweight and Obesity, a review. And it provides an overview of the, I think now there's actually been eight step trials on semiglutide. And what's funny, because that was the first thing I read when I sat down to research this and reading it, I was like, oh, wow, this is really impressive. <laughs> like, like, cause it talks about the weight loss throughout the trials and compared to placebo and the, the beneficial effects on blood sugar and potentially even cardiovascular benefits. And then it really minimizes the side effects. It basically says that, you know, like I think basically says that around 75% have GI side effects, but that few discontinue the treatment. The numbers it gives across the different trials. I mean, they're losing around 14.9 to 17.4% weight loss compared to the placebo groups, which is really low, anywhere from like 0.8% up to 4.5%. I didn't realize this when reading it, but I scrolled down to the bottom after you said the name of the company. It says that basically it was funded by Novo Nordisk. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get an exclusive discount on one of my favorite products for truly upgrading your health on a cellular level. So the new year is upon us and it's often a time where people are really trying to instill new habits and really upgrade their health. There's something I have been using for years, not just at the new year, Literally every single day of my life, I am not making that up. Even when I travel, I have a way to address it then, which I will tell you about. And it's something that is so easy and feels amazing. That is red light and near-infrared therapy. Okay, so friends, you could go somewhere and pay a lot of money to do red light near-infrared therapy sessions, or you could just bring it to your home and use it every single day. That's what I do. I've been using Juve red and near-infrared light therapy devices for so long. There are so many clinically proven benefits of red light therapy. That includes improving your skin. Yes, you really will notice it. Faster muscle recovery, reduced pain and inflammation, enhanced sleep, and so much more. I use it in the morning and evening as ambient light because it actually mimics the setting and rising sun. And then I sort of run it throughout the day as well to help combat all of the blue light that we're exposed to, which can have a negative effect on our health. Whenever I have muscle pain, I shine Juve on the muscle. For me, it has made the pain go away instantly. And then for chronic pain, when I do continued sessions, it's made it dissipate. One of my good friends who is a doctor uses these devices on his, shall we say, manhood for benefits there. Yes, it can help in that department as well. I honestly could not imagine my life without Juve. You will just feel so good using these devices. People also post all the time in our Facebook group of their pets gravitating towards the Juve because intuitively they just know that it's good for them. The reason Juve can address so many things related to health is because it actually affects our cells on the mitochondrial level. Basically, it makes those cells perform better. And when those cells are performing better, everything just works better. That's why, yes, Juve can help with your energy as well. I've been recommending Juve specifically for years because the quality of their devices are the best. Their modular design allows for a variety of setup options to give you flexibility. The treatments are so easy. You can do them in as little as 10 minutes, or you can be using it all throughout the day like I do. All you have to do is relax and let your body take in the light. They also have their Juve Go, which you can travel with. Yes, that is how I really do use this every single day. That Go is also great for targeting specific areas of your body, like hurting joints or sore muscles. Honestly, friends, health doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. If you're looking to enhance your health and wellness this new year, start with what matters, which is your cells. And Juve has an amazing offer just for our audience. You can go to juve.com slash ifpodcast and use the coupon code ifpodcast to get a discount on your qualifying order. Again, that's j-o-o-v-v.com forward slash ifpodcast to get an exclusive discount on your order. Pick up Juve today. Some exclusions apply. I really hope you guys can experience Juve. It really is one of my favorite things. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. So like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) That it's the company creating these 
drugs that is funding this research. Something I wanted to comment on for Candace's question about the insulin issue, and Vanessa was touching on this a little bit. I was also just like at the beginning confused about this because, I mean, we talk so much about how we want to reduce insulin release. And so much of our diet and our lifestyle and fasting is all about minimizing insulin release. So how can something, a glucagon-like peptide 1, a GLP-1, a hormone that is increasing insulin release, how is that a potentially beneficial thing for, for weight loss? And what's really interesting about the context of this, and Vanessa was talking about this, but just to dive a little deeper into it, that insulin-glucagon connection, diving into this, I'm actually thinking it's kind of crazy we don't talk about glucagon more. Like we're so focused on insulin, but the like the primary issue of hyperglycemia, so high blood sugar in diabetes, it's not from, well, technically way down the line, it's from the food you ate, but it's not from the food you just ate. It's from the liver producing it. That's the majority of the burden of the blood sugar. So glucagon releasing blood sugar is the, I don't want to say the primary issue, but it is a huge issue. And there's been even rodent trials where they have inhibited the rodent's ability to produce glucagon in diabetic rodents, not change their insulin levels, and it normalizes their diabetes. So the role of glucagon is huge. And so if you have glucagon releasing blood sugar and then insulin trying to keep it down, if you have that battle going on 24-7, A, it's very exhausting for your pancreas and your insulin. And B, it creates a state where you're constantly having to release insulin to mitigate your high resting blood sugar levels in the fasted state as well as after you're eating. And what's really, really interesting about GLP-1 peptides, hormones, is that the effect on glucagon, so they reduce glucagon, which is creating this issue of high fasted blood sugars. The effect on insulin is glucose dependent. So they don't cause the pancreas to release insulin in like the fasted state. It's from when the body is metabolizing glucose. So Basically, the benefit of GLP-1 is it's actually creating, helping your body. I'm not saying this as an advertisement for semaglutide, but GLP-1, which semaglutide is acting like, is helping create the ideal state of insulin and glucagon in your body. It's helping create a state where you're not releasing blood sugar all the time, not having high fasting blood sugar, and then you are releasing insulin when you need it, when you're eating, you know, carbs and sugar, and you're able to properly store that. And it increases insulin sensitivity. So I think that can help explain why it's actually helpful with the insulin release. There's like some context to it. And then what's interesting as well about the the muscle piece is, because I read an article also by Peter Tia. I was looking at it again. I think it was, so you said you listened to him talk about that on a podcast, right? Yep, it was from it was from a podcast, I think, or from an article that he wrote about a podcast, maybe transcript. I think that's yeah, because I was reading that article as well because he was talking about that eight trial that you mentioned, sustain eight. Yep, yeah, the sustain eight. He also mentioned, and I find this really interesting because I agree that the muscle loss is very scary. I have two thoughts to complicate it further because I think okay, step back. I think. The majority of people, and I don't know this as a fact, but I would assume the majority of people, a majority of people going on semaglutide for weight loss on their own, rogue or with the doctor, they might not be prioritizing protein. They might just be taking it and not eating. And so, so they're just like losing, you know, weight, uh, fat and muscle. What's really interesting is apparently despite those shockingly high muscle losses that we're seeing in the step trials. In these step one patients, even though they lost a ton, they actually increased their lean mass to body fat mass proportion by 3%. And in the sustain eight, they increased their lean mass to fat mass proportion ratio by 1%. 
So while it was a shocking amount of weight loss and muscle loss, their body composition was actually slightly better in the muscle to fat ratio. That said, and this is what Peter talks about in his article, he talks about how maybe that muscle loss is something that I don't want to say is okay, but people who are severely obese or overweight, they can afford it if they maintain muscle thereafter. But for people who are, so many people are like normal weight and using this, or they're like only a little bit overweight and they're trying to use this to lose weight. And I just think the muscle loss is a big concern. And I, especially if you're not, you know, prioritizing maintaining muscle, I would be so curious. I would love to see studies on semi-glutide in people on a very high protein diet. Like, so people who are like, and who are resistant training, I'd be really curious if they experience the muscle loss or not. I don't know if we have studies on that. So stepping back from all of it, and I didn't know, I'm so glad you talked about that. I did not know that, Vanessa, about the the half-life and um, the long-term effects you were talking about, people like the stomach paralysis, that's terrifying. You could not, when I first learned about semaglutide and I learned that it makes your stomach, like delays gastric emptying. I mean, I have such a fear of constipation. I was like, nope. I was like, you cannot pay me to put that in my body. Like that is terrifying to me. So to step back from all of it, GLP-1 as a natural substance, that's so interesting, Vanessa, about the two minutes. You said two minutes is what the normal half-life is compared to seven days. So short. (laughs) That's concerning that you're, yeah, two minutes versus seven days is. But that's the whole point, like you said, is the people who are taking semi-glutide are the people who are not prioritizing protein. And that's probably why they're struggling and they're probably not doing resistance training. And so they are the most at risk for that muscle loss. And again, if you're like morbidly obese, it's probably worth it. And you're, you'll probably be fine because like you said, those ratios will even out. And a lot of the people in those studies were obese, but if you're taking it and you're taking it as like a vanity drug or something and you are not morbidly obese, that also puts you at a higher risk for losing more lean mass, right? So, Yeah. I really personally would only take it, I think, if I was obese and if I did not have a fear of constipation and if I was hardcore prioritizing protein and resistance training during that weight loss phase. I just think that's so, so important. So many people are just trying to take it off-label, which is legal. Doctors can prescribe it for weight loss. It's just considered off-label. It's only approved for, Vanessa mentioned the different things it's approved for. And even with the weight loss one that's approved, you actually have to technically have another condition, another metabolic issue as well alongside it or cardiovascular issue. But the thing is a lot of people who are very obese probably have metabolic syndrome, so they probably do have one of the criteria. One of the weird things about it that I've been hearing lately is that it's popping up in like malls. And even like there was one person who said that their nail salon or hair, it was either a nail salon or hair salon is now offering it. So like, so I think it's, it's just like people are seeing that it's selling so well. It's so popular that there's probably going to be those kinds of like, unregulated, you know, situations showing up. It's the same thing as maybe like getting Botox, like where you get your nails done or whatever. Like you definitely would want to see a physician about it or your physician who can like track you and make sure that it's something that's, you know, potentially safe for you. But the, the side effects of it are so scary to me. I would not let anyone in my family or friends go on it because the risk of the, like your stomach becoming paralyzed. I mean, I just, I don't have anyone right now in my family who's morbidly obese. You probably have to weigh the the risks if that's like your situation. And if you feel like you've tried everything and nothing has worked for you, I just think that there are so many like healthy alternative ways of getting a lot of the benefits of like appetite suppression for example, that that 
don't have the risk of these side effects and ultimately are more long-term. Like the results will be more long-term because my biggest concern is what is going to happen to these people when they stop taking it. If you have to take it for a whole year after just to maintain, like what's going to happen when they stop injecting themselves every week or do they have to do it for the rest of their lives? Well, to that point, kind of like with Candace's question, because it sounds like her dad was you know, doing IF, it was doing well. He got sick. He had to stop IF and he gained weight. So he probably, you know, he probably stopping the IF is the reason he gained weight because the IF was working with him to either maintain or lose weight. So then he goes on semaglutide. It sounds like he, then he started maintaining his weight. He didn't lose weight, but he wasn't gaining. And so it sounds like maybe semaglutide was keeping him from gaining weight. And then he stopped the semaglutide, goes back on IF and is gaining weight. It could be multifactorial. It could be a a long-term effect. You know, it could be a, like Vanessa was saying earlier and just now, now he's no longer on this drug and might be having residual side effects that had made it worse than before being on it. And now he's gaining weight, even though he's doing IF. So I will say as, and I agree completely with Vanessa that the, the lifestyle way is how I would go this. And actually, so is there a natural compound that increases GLP-1 naturally in your body? Yes. <laughs> so berberine, which I have a berberine by Avalon X and I am obsessed with my berberine. So it's a plant alkaloid. There's a lot of studies on it for its beneficial effects on blood sugar control, glucose metabolism, its effects on insulin and the mitochondria and even AMPK. And there are quite a few studies showing that it increases GLP-1 in the intestines and has positive effects on glucose metabolism. And that's been theorized that that might be one of the ways that it works so well for diabetes and blood sugar control. And then it has a lot of benefits beyond that for blood sugar control, but it does directly affect GLP-1. So what I would suggest, I think, is you can take something like berberine. So berberine is not going to make you lose weight because it's not going to have that effect of semiglutide where you're just not eating and your stomach is paralyzed. But if you want to get these GLP-1 enhancing benefits, you could take something like berberine and then use your dietary approach and lifestyle to address the natural calorie restriction and reduced appetite. So like fasting. So fasting will do that, a high-protein diet, a whole foods-based diet, that's what I would do. And that's completely sustainable. And berberine is going to have, you know, benefits, not, and it's been used for thousands and thousands of years in traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine. So that's what I would personally do. That would be my semiglutide hack. Again, it's not going to wipe out your appetite and make you stop eating, but um, you will get some of that GLP-1 enhancing effect. I love that. (laughs) It is awesome. Another one that does it is protein. (laughs) So one of the reasons that consuming protein is so satiating is when you consume dietary protein, you get GLP-1 secreted from the gut, you get CCK, you get peptide YY, and all of these are secreted in the gut, as we talked about, and they diminish and suppress appetite. And they also decrease ghrelin levels, which is the or the gremlin, <laughs> my friend, Dr. John Lemansky always calls it the gremlin hormone, the, the, the ghrelin, which is the, the hunger hormone. So, you know, just prioritizing protein can also be a semi-glutide hack, maybe with some berberine <laughs> together too, but also, you know, intermittent fasting, fasting, you know, doing, I know like you eat more of a higher carb diet, but there's a lot of benefits to doing restricted carbohydrate. It's it's one option for people that does really suppress hunger with the ketones. There's just so many ways that you can get the benefits of like that are very similar to these peptides without having to take on all the risks. Sounds like we're on the same page. Love the questions. I'm so glad we got to talk about this. It's so topical right now. Me too. And if listeners would like to get my berberine, they can go to avalonx.us and the coupon code Melanie Avalon will get you 10% off. You can get a 20% off code if you text avalonx to 877-861-8318. Okay. Anything from you, Vanessa, before we go? 
Make sure to sign up for Tone Protein at toneprotein.com as well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Which by the time this comes out, will that be? It should be out. Yes. So if you are signed up at Tone Protein, you will get the launch discount for it. Yeah, it should be out and available by then. So that's toneprotein.com. Awesome. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. If listeners would like to submit their own questions for the show, they can directly email questions at iapodcast.com or they can go to iapodcast.com and submit questions there. The show notes will have links to everything that we talked about and a transcript that is at iapodcast.com slash episode 346. And then you can follow us on Instagram. We are iapodcast. I am Melanie Avalon. Vanessa is ketogenic girl. I think that is all the things. Anything from you, Vanessa, before we go? I had so much fun with you and I can't wait to record more next week. Me too. This was so fun. I will talk to you next week. Sounds great. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice and no patient-doctor relationship is formed. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes. We couldn't do this without our amazing team. Administration by Sharon Merriman. Editing by Podcast Doctors. Show notes and artwork by Brianna Joyner. Transcripts by Speech Docs. And original theme composed by Leland Cox and recomposed by Steve Saunders. See you next week.